Welcome to Coffee, Beans, and Booze. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Shyla. And we're thriving in a small town. It's Catherine and Jasmine and Drunk Shyla. It's time for Coffee and Booze. Clink! Hey, Shyla. How's it going? I'm I'm good. I'm, you know, hanging in there. We're doing the You're thing. in the How zone. You? You're like in the zone. You're like, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm great. I'm yeah. fine. Just let's cut to the chase no i'm just kidding um i was just uh i celebrating my uh little ninja i so i i got rid of the cake the keurig about mm-hmm. a year ago and i have a ninja that i absolutely adore and this week i tried iced coffee because i oh. i got it maybe like back in like november and like iced coffee wasn't a thing but this week i tried iced coffee from it it's amazing oh so look good. at you repping the yeah. boost or repping rep, rep the <laughs> beans today maybe yeah. i should be repping the booze oh we'll have to do that where we have a whole episode where we um opposite each other that'd be amazing Swap. yeah that'd be yeah. that'd be good yeah so but you're you're a k-copper right i am you, a k-copper most Mostly because we're sort of inconsistent and I live in a household where we all kind of just take care of our own in that versus like no one gets up and makes coffee for everybody because we all do different coffee stuff every day and I'm a decafer yeah. and Mark's a decafer after four and so we're K-cuppers. So tell me about this Ninja though. What the, what's this thing like? The Ninja is amazing. So you can do like, uh, it, it has a frother on it. You can do espresso shots. You can do like a small cup up to like a full pot, mm-hmm. which is really nice. So it's it's kind of like... Uh, so you can select a size. So I do like mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle, like a. But does it still take little large. cups? Does it still take little pots? No, or no? It, it takes regular coffee. Just regular coffee, oh. and it's a basket that you don't have mm-hmm. to have filters for. It's you just put it right into the little basket, and then you just clean it out every day. So nice. environmentally, I felt good about because I drink yeah. coffee as we've talked about like nonstop. Right, so I'm one little pot was, a day. You're like many yeah, pots. Yeah, I was like mm-hmm. six, seven cups of coffee, and yeah. so I started to feel bad about all of those K cups stacking up in the landfill. And mm-hmm. so you know, I'm a little hippie in some ways like that. So it's okay. I just thought yeah, you know, I found it. I found it on like super clearance at at Kohl's one day, and was like, I wasn't planning on buying this, mm-hmm. but for like. I don't know. It was like a third of the price that it normally is. I was like, all right, I was going to get one anyway. And yeah. here we are. So yeah, it was a great investment. Yeah. I hope that little thing kicks for a while. So yeah, that's that's my excitement for the day. Makes great Ooh, coffee. You can coffee exciting. out of it. Uh, when we did Bob yes. Kaufman's show. Correct. We from. did. That was yeah. so fun. That was so fun. <laughs> Shout out to the Barb and the Bill Kaufman. We were on their morning show. You know what I loved about that experience was, um, you know I have such an appreciation for truly thriving in a small town. I, I didn't grow up in that, and it's something that I've definitely done by choice and absolutely love. And for me, the Kaufmans are like um, – a real illustration of the creativity and the kindness that can come from that. And so they they started doing this morning show that they Facebook Live and Instagram Live mm-hmm. in the morning. Uh, they did it every day for a half hour for like 15 weeks of COVID quarantine time. Um, and they did trivia some days and they just talked about things going on in the world. And they're so entertaining. They've been married like, I don't know, umpteen billion years, like 50 years or something yeah, like that. I don't even know. Like and, that, yeah. um, and we're going to have Barb who is a, um, a, a leading businesswoman in our area, has owned a communications company for quite some time in our area. We're going to have her on our podcast in a few weeks. So that'll yeah. be super exciting. But we it's had so much fun. show. Right. Yeah. Because we yeah. got to, we got to guest host. What was it like? I think it was more like, it was like overtaking. I felt kind of bad because I, <laughs> I was like, we talk a lot. Like, did they know what they were getting into? I felt a little bad. But I don't think anyone knows what they're was, getting into with us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Yes. Oh, so true. So true. But yeah, no, that was a good experience. Um, I learned yeah. when Caffeine yes. Awareness Month is. So I'm going to be sure to, cel- to, to celebrate that. To I celebrate, celebrate the right ca- word. Recognize. <laughs> How would Recognize you celebrate caffeine? Tell, tell me, what does celebrating caffeine awareness look like for you it means that (laughs) you talk about how decaf can be a part of your healthy diet you do taste testing based on what is the best decaf you run Mm. a competition for those who give up caffeine or cut it hold on is this off the cuff or have you actually thought about this? Because no, I'm a little concerned. No, it's totally off the cuff. I'm not even lying to you. No, that was totally. But you know me. I love a good, like, how are we going to do this? And so, yeah. yeah. What, mm-hmm. what's, what's that look like? Yeah. yeah. But we now, here's the thing, really- though. I literally have anxiety now about the fact that now I have to get this shiz together before Caffeine Awareness Month. Because do you know what I struggle with, Shyla? I struggle with that um, that outward just f- flowing with ideas and crap that ideas are not plans. Like uh, I, yes. I struggle with that. I struggle with that. Like you don't have to follow through with every idea. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, we are idea people. I got troubles with true. that. Mm-hmm. I know for sure. But for it's sure. Okay. We can we can let it come and go, Leslie. Nope, it's fine. We don't have to right? celebrate. Are you yes. sure? I'm giving I'm like, you permission. We have a friend who just had a birthday, and I'm worried that we didn't recognize it appropriately. <laughs> he might not have even That's wanted true. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I yes. think I'm, I'm foisting my Leslie no- Leslie Nopeism on others. Yeah. That's not okay. okay. Is there a recovery program? Like, Maybe I don't know. Maybe we should we should look into that. <laughs> I should look into that. Is there a twelve step <laughs> program to be like <laughs> you can? Sake. Yeah, I think I have. So to. where does that come from? Is that like uh, your your mm. like desire to be? I don't know, like not accepted, but like appreciated. Does it come from? Yeah, like, I think it comes a from drive two or, things. Sorry, like therapy yeah. session. Here we go. No, sorry. it's all good. I'll pay you my forty dollars copay. I'm I'm totally cool with that. Um, I think it comes from two places. One, I come from a beautiful and wonderful Italian family that loved to celebrate together. I mean, we really did. Like I could never think about Easter in Long Island with my Aunt Catherine and not smile and the wonderful memories that I have from that and my cousins there and and just that kind of a thing. So I think that desire to... Um to celebrate with with a big group of people warmed my heart in the most incredible way. But yeah, you know me well, and you know I really love the gold star. And I really love, you know, when I've done something and I know I've pleased people and and that desire to, it's not always about a desire to want to be liked, but a desire to know that someone appreciated what I did and that those efforts were good and they were spot on and that I didn't let someone down or I didn't leave an opportunity on the table, which, you know, I hate. Um, and so, yeah, I think it also comes from that desire to have like the gold star of goodness kind of a thing it, it's it's yeah. double-edged there um I also it's grew up fed, in a family it's fed by your it's fed by your Catholicism isn't it it's it that is. Catholic guilt right it no. probably is no it probably <laughs> is for, for sure it probably is uh, but, but and also to be, and to be fair to be mm-hmm. fair though to you like you don't need the gold star like it's your own gold star in your head, oh yeah right like you don't need like this like public recognition I feel like that's worth saying like you're not a no. person who's like you need the accolade like that, that's that's not about oh not what, at all what, no, in fact, yeah. I'm the opposite of that. What I the only accolades I need, quite honestly, are from the people that I love. Like, like, you know, 
I would rather you tell me, Jasmine, I, I think you did a really good job with that. Like that was a beautiful X, Y, and Z, whatever it happens to be, versus like, here's your medal and stand in front of 500 people and have some mm-hmm. recognition. Like that piece is actually kind of weird for me because I have the worst imposter syndrome ever. You know this. Like I would stand in front of those 500 people and be like, I don't really deserve this. A hundred other people deserve them more. Deserve like yeah. kind of a deal. Um, but to make the people who love me and invest in me and who, who I've asked to come along on these rides with me, like proud and happy with what we did that's where it is so like you know a birthday is about really celebrating that people want to be part of your life and that they want to celebrate who you are and the great things that you've done not not in this crazy public way but like in this like you know hey I love being part of your life kind of a way um and for me it's a way of showing appreciation to other people so like when we put together crazy drive-by birthday parties or signs in people's yards it's it's this idea of being able to show love and you know, you yeah. really and sincerity. You know me; I'm a big like. I don't like the insincere active act of something. <laughs> I like a really sincere yeah. one. So that could be everything from the tiny little card to just a hey call. That's like, hey, you're on my mind. You know, kind of a deal. If I send a yeah. message to somebody on Facebook or a text message or call, that's like, hey, I was thinking about you today. I'm wondering how you're doing. I really mean that. Like, I I wouldn't do that. I like I I'm never the kind. Like, I'm really bad at like Christmas cards. Like, sending out fifty to somebody is not like my deal. Like, I do it and then it sits in a pile and I don't send it because I don't feel like it's as sincere as like my little message of something so you know the sure. same kind of way with uh, caffeine awareness month I will have to find the biggest caffeinators <laughs> in my life that I'm really worried about and use it for good I, I don't know yeah and use it for, for sure good. <laughs> mm-hmm. absolutely like so yes. today uh, we have Chelsea uh, Seidel, who's on our show, and uh, we'll talk a little bit. You'll hear uh, kind of how I knew Chelsea and, and mm-hmm. then how you came to know Chelsea Jasmine. But um, one of the parts of her interview and, and something that I think about um, when I think about Chelsea is that she just loves to travel. Mm-hmm. And part of that travel experience came when uh, she and I went to Europe um, back in 2020. 13, 2013, um, to see my friend Judith, who is Swiss. Uh, she was getting married, and so we made it into a couple of city trip, and it was a great experience. And mm-hmm. she was then bit by the travel bug. So, yeah, do you remember definitely. when you were first bit by the travel travel bug? I do, and I have to tell you, um, my parents invested in me in a thousand different ways, like strong education, and I mean, there were, there were other things that I was like, could you get it together? But like education and travel were like huge things that my parents really exposed me to. And being a primarily only child, it was easier, I think, sometimes for them just to sort of take me along on their ride. Um, and so, yeah, so when I was really young, we did a lot of trips to Niagara Falls, which was, you know, like truly in another country, and I learned about um, the conversion rates, and I would save my money, you know, to see like what the conversion rate was like in another country and how economics work with that. And I know that sounds super nerdy, um, but I love, I just love that. I thought it was so cool that like this idea that other places in the world don't have our exact thought and feeling down to the a dollars yeah. and a dollar everywhere kind of a deal was, was like really mind blowing. And I'm talking about young, like six, seven, eight years old. My dad yeah. was a big one that wherever we went, he would hand me an atlas. Like, remember those actual books we used to keep in our car? I know you're younger than me, but like, did you have an atlas in your car oh, where yeah. like you oh, kept yeah. it? Okay. Totally, and the, and the cool. map and the, yeah, yeah. the big map, right? Like the one that had all the And you the would like fold it out and you yeah, would go to like yeah. AAA and they would like, didn't they call that thing like a trip tick and they would highlight your route for you kind of a deal? <laughs> but my dad would have me follow along all the way and he taught me like what a compass rose was. And my dad had been a truck driver for many, many years. And 
um, and had a really interesting relationship with education. Like my dad did not go through school traditionally. Neither of my parents did. They went back to high school and I watched them graduate. You know, it was the same year that I was in kindergarten. They graduated with like their high school equivalency kind of a deal. But I think travel was a way that my dad knew he could educate me and he could share with me the knowledge he had. So we loved to travel. Um, I went to Europe. I was 10 when I when I had my first trip to, to England and Scotland and Wales. And my parents were just so proud that they could they could provide this in my life and show me that there was this big world and do this thing. And to be completely honest, I have the best memories of travel because my family got it right. Like everybody got along. Nobody argued. There was an exciting adventure. We planned it out ahead of time. Like we couldn't plan who was going to do the laundry or make the dinner for the week for whatever reason, but we could plan yeah. a trip and we could go and we could work like very diplomatically and everybody would pick like, what's the one thing you want to see? while you're there like Jasmine if we went to England and I'm like 10 years old what's the one thing you'd want to see and I was like so obsessed with Princess Diana like many (laughs) children of the the 70s you know this this would have been like in the 80s and I was so obsessed and I remember all I I said all I want to do is see her wedding dress and sure enough we went to Westminster Abbey and that was back when it was on display and so for me travel was just really this um this experience that I knew could be the family experience I like longed for in my everyday because it was about being together and travel and 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 planning and and all that stuff and I would learn quite honestly you know which was really great so how about for you where did the travel bug come for you as I recall Uh, it was it was not so young right no yeah yeah. so uh I was in a plane for the first time my sophomore year of college right um when I flew from Philly to Atlanta Atlanta to Madrid so Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was and you then were there right Um, you studied there for several months right I mm-hmm. studied abroad my uh, fall semester of my sophomore year, and um, we were in Salamanca. Uh, we did a week in Madrid as kind of an immersion, and then went for, um, it was then 16 weeks in Salamanca, which was an incredible experience. Um, tough, and for a mm-hmm. lot of reasons. I had a really bad really challenging host family. And so Mm -hmm. that made things really challenging for me. And there were some other contributing factors to that. Mm -hmm. But in the end of it, you know, you look back and, you know, it was an experience, (laughs) not all great, but it was an experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was wonderful. And then um, our mutual friend Kate and I Mm -hmm. spent uh, spring break of our senior year doing a little trips around Europe, which was amazing. And then I went back um, in 2013. And then 2015, I actually went to London. Um, so I love Europe. I love mm-hmm. going to Europe. Um, but I would like to see the other side of the states. Like I've mm-hmm. only been as far west as Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of one of my bucket list things, I guess, is to... Yeah, you know, know US travel, um, we, we did do some of that when I was a child, like especially we drove. Um, my parents were, when we traveled, it, it was on the, the more frugal side which was wonderful to see as well to see that you can travel in different ways and um but like we drove to Colorado to visit my uncle one time and seeing you know I'll never I I think I was nine years old and I still remember how flat Kansas was like you know it really makes quite this memory of what's happening um but I agree with you it's interesting being married Mark doesn't have quite the travel bug in the same way and now like it used to be I could pick up and one person traveling was very different than four people traveling so you know it's it's very different now um I'm interested to see both of my children have very much the it's to travel. Um, Rosemary has traveled a good bit. Uh, she spent one of her birthdays um, in London um, 
uh, a couple of years ago as part of a grad program and she got to to be at the Royal Albert Hall and they were playing Back to the Future and there was a live orchestra playing the soundtrack which I was like oh my gosh I can't think of anything more Rosemary on Earth like you yeah. know kind of a thing <laughs> um, which is really yeah. cool and so um, but yeah but it's very different when you suddenly have a whole family to travel with and now of course we're in a very different world right so um yep. One of the things I'm excited that our guest today talked about is that, you know, um, she is young and vivacious and and such an incredible um, excitement for the life that is going to come here. And she still is ready to be traveling and to go and to see when the world is safe to travel again. You know, we don't want to put anyone in harm and we don't want to bring harm here. And so, you know, how that's going to look on the other side. I think if we were smart, there are two businesses we would get into right now. One would be alternative um, child care to schooling, because who knows what this year will look like. Oh and the gosh. other would be a travel agents because I think in another two, three years when, when there's some more safety, I think everybody's itching to get on a plane and go and, <laughs> and see this world that, that you know, we, we haven't so been able true. to access in the same way. Yeah. Derek mm-hmm. said to me the other day, like, oh, you know, this like having to be home makes me want to travel more. And I was like, oh, mm. I'm excited about this. And I was mm-hmm. like, so like, tell me what traveling more looks like for you. He's like, like, you know, day trips. And I'm like, oh. oh. Yeah. And we have beautiful day trips. Like, let's okay. not scoff too much, right? We live in central Pennsylvania. Yes. So we are three hours from New York City, two hours from Washington, D.C. You know, maybe um, I've been, you know, I've been itching to go to Dollywood. That's like my thing right now. Yes. Um, because Dollywood. I'm obsessed with Dolly Parton. We're going to rent an RV. We're going to go. I, hey, yes. you joke. But Ficus was, was grabbing prices last night. So this might be a thing. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it could be a season two kickoff. <gasps> season two kickoff Ooh. could happen in the RV. I'm so excited now. But anyway, um, you know, like this idea of, of going a little bit further, farther, particularly in the U.S., might be super exciting right now. Yeah. Yeah. Was was your husband planning a cruise last night? Is that what I heard? My was husband? It your husband or was, or was oh, it somebody no. else? Oh, no. They're fr- friends of oh, okay. ours. Friends of ours. When no. you were texting, I wasn't sure if I'm you sorry. were talking about Mark. No, it's okay. We were both <laughs> beveraging and texting last night, so I'm not sure what all we talked about. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, no, friends of ours have a, a, a cruise um, that is planned for January. And, and I was a little like, that's awesome. I'm, I said, I'm super excited for you. I hope that goes well. I don't know that I'm into getting on a cruise ship just yet, I think, uh, particularly because I do understand Derek's like day trip kind of deal. Like, I feel like there's a lot I could do around me right now. And then I am missing Europe and would love to do that. Um, so we'll have to wait and see how yeah. how Mark's healing's going and, and if he's up to that kind of a trip or, or what. So yeah, and next yeah, next summer, like, no a bunch of us no are planes. headed headed to see the uh, the Mickey Mouse next summer because um, our friend Kristen, uh, yes. who was on our episode just a few weeks ago, um, she her dance studio has a trip going to Disney, and some of us are going to go along next summer. So yeah, so that's awesome. The mouse, yeah. I know, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Very exciting. Yeah, we yes. don't really. Uh, we're going to go to the beach here in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Well. Uh, in the beginning part of August, and we talked about maybe going to Philly, depending on where we are with stuff, just to well, to see Chelsea, actually, yeah. um, but then also to just see a couple, you know, touristy mm-hmm. things like the Liberty Bell and a couple of things, if they're open, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm itching to get back to Europe. Uh, Derek is always like, find somebody to go with you, like... <laughs> I'm not I'll flying go. on a plane Sounds that like a plan. long. Yeah. I know. My my I don't have a lot of regrets in life, you know that. I don't I don't really live my life like that because I I could die tomorrow and be 
and feel as if I've accomplished and love life every day. And as you said, the Leslie Nope celebration of everything makes me <laughs> makes me not have those types of regrets. But probably the only regret I have is that my dad and I really wanted to go to Italy before he passed away and we didn't get a chance to do that together. And so I would really like to go and sort of think of about him and honor him. Not Italian. My dad was not Italian at all, but just always had that desire to share that experience with me. And so, um, yeah, so Europe, here we come someday. Yeah. Someday. Did you ever have any uh, travel that was like a total flop or like a trip that was like not what you had planned on or uh, you know, that kind of so, thing? So uh, not necessarily like those big trips and things, although my my parents had a lot of that happen without me. They would do a lot of things like they would get into an argument about which day they're they were actually returning and then they would show up to the airport the wrong day and then they would have to change their flights and do stupid stuff like that. Um, but probably the <laughs> the biggest thing that I have that ever kind of like went wrong, if you want to put it that way, is we often travel in the summer times with our dear friends, Matt and Katie. Um, we've gone to the beach with them for a million years. We used to go to Ocean City, Maryland. Now we go to Ocean City, New Jersey most years. And my dear friend, Matt, is a very frugal traveler. He grew up that way. They always stayed sort of in the same places and did the same things and you know, went to the same beach. And I remember the first time that we went to Ocean City, Maryland, he was like so excited to share with us like his youth, his places, favorite places, all those things. And we went to a, a restaurant establishment called English's, which is like a morning buffet kind of a deal. And he had talked about this for months about how like he was going to take <laughs> our, we, we call it the McBoo family. They're the McConnells. We're the Bookers. They were the McBoos. With how the McBoos are going to go to English's and he's going to share this incredible thing. And we pulled up and it looks a little run down but we're all like okay don't judge a book by its cover who knows we go in it is less than cleanly let's just say that okay and we're like all right <laughs> well let's just keep going we get breakfast it is horrendously terrible like it is so bad and as bad as the food was the heartbreaking nature of watching this this staple of Matt's childhood be broken down and be like just completely dissolved of happy memory for him was very uh, so that was sort of sad so now every time he suggests we go to something we kind of make light of it and we're like is this in English as we just want to check and see have you done some research here that kind of a deal yeah, how about you really have, did you have any travel miss happy hop pops <clears throat> Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they abound. Um, but uh, one time, uh, Derek and I were traveling back from uh, Long Island seeing a college friend and, and we had the unfortunate experience of being uh, into a car accident, getting into oh, a car no. accident on the New Jersey, like high, one of the New Jersey mm -hmm. highways. That ended up being probably one of the worst experiences of my life um, that just went on for, for like m literally months. Um, wow. Excuse me. The the driver um, accidentally got his flip-flops stuck underneath the, one of the pedals mm -hmm. and it was raining and he hydroplaned and caught oh. us and we did some circles and flew into a... Uh, a, a cement median. Thankfully, we were okay, but it was pouring down rain. So the mm -hmm. police were like, just get in the back of our cruiser. We'll take care of everything. So we trusted him. And like, we were all of 23, sure. 24. This is before smartphones, like all mm -hmm. of this stuff. Our phones were like barely alive. Like we called Derek's parents to come pick us up. And uh, the police officer was like, oh, we'll just take you somewhere. You can go back to the impound. But the impound gets there and they're like, our lot's so big. You can't come. Mm -hmm. Like this whole thing. So they end up taking us to a diner in the middle of like central Jersey. And dropping you there? With, yeah. 
and mm-hmm. dropping us off, right? So we look like vagabonds like, <laughs> going into this place. We both had like bags because we had to take as much as we could out of our car because it was right. going to the impound. It was totaled. There was no you know mm-hmm. world where we could drive it. So we get in there. We were there for like two hours because it's pouring Aww. down rain. We have no idea where we are. You know, we didn't like, again, not smartphone mm-hmm. land, like this whole thing. So excuse me Derek's parents finally show up but the people were like why are you here you've been here for a long time Mm -hmm. like very unforgiving about like what had happened and then it was like months till like the whole thing was settled because the police officer went on vacation and never filed a police report so we couldn't Mm -hmm. get access to our car because we didn't know who the uh insurance was for the other driver like it was just this whole thing it just so, kept yeah, going so was, and going yeah so it was not a happy memory no. of uh, our, our trip back from from there so what a crazy time though like and and how much different that experience would have been mm-hmm. now because we would oh, have yeah. just ubered somewhere mm-hmm. gone to like an enterprise rented a oh, car sure. and come home right and like life has we changed had, mm-hmm. it has and, and like it, and it was an important lesson in like how to best advocate for yourself like we didn't know how to advocate for ourselves Mm -hmm. at that moment like the police officer was like all right we're just gonna drop you here like maybe we should have asked him to take us to an enterprise or so you know like but we were like so stunned and like the whole thing was such a crazy experience so yeah so that's one of my least favorite travel stories yeah, wow. Well, thankfully, our guest happy. today, Chelsea, does not have those stories yeah. as of yet, which is fantastic. <laughs> um, I'm excited for me to hear Chelsea talk about travel, but also about what it's like to be a young force making a difference, um, not necessarily in a small town, but thriving in the big city, which is really great. She uh, works in Philadelphia um, and is really carving out for herself um, a career that not only benefits others, but really is pleasing to her and what she wants to do in life. And so I yeah. really loved talking to her about, you know, her thoughtfulness of what she's doing, how she's working, and how she's going to use that work in the world. So super yeah, excited and to talk with her. Yeah, and interesting how she's taken some small town lessons mm-hmm. and applied them. Yeah, for sure. She was, uh, she was a great interview. I'm excited for you guys to hear it. Me too. Hey, Shyla. Hey. How's it going? Great. We're so excited to introduce Chelsea Seidel uh, to Coffee Beans and Booze. Chelsea, oh my gosh, we go back way, 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 way back. (laughs) You were like eight or something when we met, right? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. We met, uh, um, my husband and I lived in the apartment above your mom and your sister. I know. A long time ago. And we have lots of memories together, Mm -hmm. uh, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, So yeah. And and, and Jasmine, you've been introduced to Chelsea just a couple of I have, but I've actually, yeah. well, I, of course, have heard about Chelsea over the years. I always did, you know, knowing Shyla for as long as I have, you know, she'd mentioned what you guys were doing or those different things. I really wasn't introduced to you face to face like we sat down at a table and did stuff together until you were an adult and you've done some like communication work and stuff. So that was actually kind of like a neat perspective for me yeah, kind of on that side. Absolutely. So I am super excited to hear what you are up to now because I'm just getting the updates from Shyla and I want them Firsthand. Firsthand. Way first better firsthand. So, Chelsea, oh. <laughs> tell us a little bit about what you do in Philly now, being a Palmyra grad and having moved to Philly. Yeah. So, um, right after I graduated from Palmyra, I moved to Philly doing go to school at Temple, um, fell in love with the campus, being in the city and stuff like that. And there, um, I got my degree in strategic communications where I concentrated in PR and public relations for some people um, don't realize what the acronym is. And Mm -hmm. then I stayed here in Philly, um, graduated last 
June, May. Wow, it's the year. Yeah. Um, and, the longest uh, year. Wait till mm-hmm. it's 15. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what everyone's like. Wait till it's next year and then in the following year. Um, but so I continued staying here in the city after I graduated. Um, I moved around for a little bit um, just till you find housing. It's complicated in Philly. Um, so now I'm at a law firm in Center City called Weber Gallagher. And there I'm the marketing assistant um, helping kind of do a little bit of everything from PR to marketing to a little bit of advertising, um, kind of what they need help with there um, to get their growing and stuff. Yeah, I feel like this could be a little bit of a, a commercial for Temple because I know mm-hmm. Temple has given you had given you a lot of really great opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, in your last internship, remind me, it was with a vendor that, go ahead, I you tell with, me. I was, yeah, I was with Aramark my senior year. I was fortunate enough to get a year long internship. I started the summer between my junior and senior year. And then um, they asked me to stay on for the fall and I stayed on for the spring. Um, and was actually there until June of last year um, when they brought on their new intern and I exited to go to my full-time job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you did a lot of really great stuff there and it really set the stage for you to be able to move into your professional life without well there's nothing like that hands-on experience right I mean don't get me wrong I work in higher ed I love classes and I'm a forever student but there's something about that hands-on application that really kind of just gives you the opportunity to show your skills right you know did you feel Chelsea like that opportunity to be in the internship environment kind of gave you that opportunity to, to like not just say you could do something but show you could do it most definitely and it was with airmark i mean a lot of people know what airmark is or what they do at least um so it was really cool to especially going on job interviews after airmark Mm -hmm. to explain that i was able to work on super bowl stuff i worked on mlb opening day i was down at citizens bank park for the phillies um launch of their new menu for last season so what the 2019 season and it was really cool to get to see all this set up and do all of that Mm -hmm. and then have a book afterwards that said you know we got this many hits from this article because it was posted in Denver or it was posted in um, Texas trying to think of the different teams that we had versus I mean I did small term internships here too but I had that real world hands-on big experience while Mm -hmm. some of my colleagues got the little experience both are which are great um, but it was really cool because I'd go in and they'd be super impressed that we had like 50 million hits on something sure, <laughs> because sure. it was Aramark versus yeah. anything else. But, so, yeah. so Chelsea, having come from a small town, you know, like the small town Palmyra, um, and now you're just a little far for, you know, you're a year away <laughs> from all of that in college and stuff. What, what things do you think um, really benefit from coming from a small town? Like what skills do you think you're taking to the big city that, that really kind of helps you out? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the bigger ones is being more personable. Like, I I mean, growing up in the small town, it's not that everyone knows everybody, but, you know, there's always that, like, three-wave connection. That, <laughs> Pretty you know, much, you know, yeah. I mean, everybody yeah. knows everybody by, yeah, three degrees of separation, for sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, so just having, like, coming in and knowing that personal touch more, I'm not so anonymous with someone you know I in college especially I was involved in like a really big group and even though we were 122 people I made it a point to like know more people in that group which was helpful and I don't think other people did that you know you went in you just did it and you know one person you had your one Mm -hmm. friend but me I was like oh no I want to know you and I want to know you and make sure that you know that and even now when I go into work you know I don't just sit at my desk and talk to the three people that I know I make sure I introduce myself they know who I am so that I can help them um, and I think that's really important they like that personal touch and I don't yeah. see other people 
do that as much. Relationships. Um, Weird. Imagine that. Weird. It's like um, coffee, beans, and booze rule number three. You know, (laughs) make sure that you're you're creating those relationships, right? For sure. But you, going back to your temple days, not to like belabor that point, but you you were part of a big organization and you Mm -hmm. were a big part of that. Talk about that a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. So um, freshman year, yeah, we... So most PR majors, when you enter Temple, are introduced to all the student orgs. I mean, every freshman is introduced to the, the hundreds of student orgs that are on campus. Um, but one of the ones that I was introduced to was PRSSA, which um, is the Public Relations Student Society of America. Um, freshman years, it's guilty to say I paid my dues and never showed up. Um, <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> Sophomore year, going going home um, after my freshman year at Temple, I decided that when I went back for my sophomore year, I really did need to get more involved in the campus life versus, you know, just sitting around on the weekends or just hanging out with my friends and going to parties that it's all the college kids like to do. Um, but I so I, when I went back to school, I got involved. Um, and because of my first semester involvement, I was promoted onto the executive board my second semester, um, sophomore year, as the student government representative I forget what the actual title is but (laughs) it was just a way to be on the executive board and get to know more people after that I was fortunate enough to be voted conference coordinator um, and planned the conference in a semester since I studied abroad um, in Rome the first semester of my junior year and then did the conference the second semester which Shiloh was actually a speaker at. It was yeah. It was so fun yeah it was great yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, you did a great job yes yeah I was very (laughs) proud of you yeah it was our first conference that we went big um and then the following year um for so we had a delia core center which is the basketball arena for temple um Mm -hmm. and we went really big there but before it had been held in little classrooms academia classrooms at temple and we had like food in the back and stuff but this one was a legit conference it was fortunate enough we had 40 some speakers um and then the following year i was the chapter president um, after doing conference, everyone was like, Chelsea should run this. So um, a little scared. <laughs> that's what happens. That's you do something right and then everybody wants you well, to run the whole damn but it, thing. But once yeah. again, it's that like you can speak to your skills. You can talk about your skills. You can have full faith. I mean, Temple's an excellent school. There's no doubt what you learned For in that sure. classroom. But when you show somebody what you can do, right? Yeah, the reward is yeah. do more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and you're like, yeah. here you go. You get more and You'll more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And you had some interesting experiences along the way that but I want to fast forward to your now your professional mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. place because you have a very unique perspective among the people who, w- with whom you work so talk a little bit about that yeah so um, at the law firm I am definitely the youngest by probably about 15 years anyone everyone else is much older than me um, we have had some recent hires that I'm pretty sure are new law grads but I haven't had a chance to meet them given the whole pandemic stuff mm-hmm. um, But being 15 younger than majority of the people, um, I am very much the technology person besides our IT department. Um, Mm -hmm. So when I came in, I kind of helped revitalize social media, make it more current with like the current trends. Um, We started doing podcasts. We were doing webinars, but we changed it up. They were putting like a white sheet up and now we have a step and repeat, which is much more. Sure, professional, yeah. (laughs) Right, Mm -hmm. no one knew what a step and repeat was before I showed up. So I was like, all right. Um, so we did a little bit of that. Um, I, even now, I mean, one of the projects I'm working on now is creating a LinkedIn PowerPoint so we can help train people how to use LinkedIn versus me just doing it for them because um, mm-hmm. they're important skills um, and just 
everyone can still learn on that type of stuff. Doesn't matter. Absolutely. If and we're learning now in this pandemic world that like you got to ramp your tech or you don't have a place in the well, world completely, in some completely. way. Yeah. You know, we, we, we were talking a little bit earlier today about how, you know, there were a lot of things that people were tip, dipping their toe into, but that this mm-hmm. really pushed forward and almost mm-hmm. gave permission for people to say, you can just do technology yeah. and it doesn't <laughs> so have to be perfect because yeah. there, there is this idea, especially Chelsea, by those who, who are who are not as um, te- you know technical digital citizens from birth kind of a deal that that they think oh it's got to be completely perfect before it's out there in the world right and I think what this pandemic yeah. has kind of showed to a lot of people is like you know sometimes you just got to do yeah. right you got to do and you got to problem solve and you got to figure it out I mean yeah. as, as as you know Chelsea I know we talked a little bit before about how um, how I got into to working for IT really came through communications and marketing because. I was that kid like you who got the internship where I was like, hey, I can write this stuff, but I could also show you how to publish it. Like it mm-hmm. was in the very beginning of um, I had a, an internship in politics and, and worked for uh, Tom Ridge's wife, uh, who was our governor at the time. And um, I was like, you know, I can write that email for you, but I can also show you how we can send that out to, you know, half yeah. of Pennsylvania and that kind of stuff. And that ability to, to show people how to do it and help them have confidence in what they were doing, you know, um, you're a really kind soul. And you've always been like a really close listener when I talk to you, like in like a really attentive listener kind of thing. And do you find that like when you're helping people with technology and you're kind of that go to young in the office right now that you are helping people feel more confident in an area where they're they typically feel a little bit less secure? Yeah, definitely. Because I see and I've seen it. I mean, I've been at the firm not quite a year yet. Um, July will be a year. So 10 months. Um I've seen it over the transition, just people getting more comfortable. They don't ask me the questions anymore because they can do it themselves. Or if they're asking, they're asking it more to verify that they're correct more than asking how to do, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is important because you see that it's almost like, I mean, I've always been that teacher type person. People Mm -hmm. told me when I was younger, I should go to school to be a teacher. I think at one point you had the aspiration to do that, didn't you? You were thinking about going to teaching. Yeah. Yeah. I was supposed to go to Millersville and stay in a small town and then... Um, I visited the city one too many times and I'm like, nope. It's <laughs> you were bit, yeah. You were yeah. bit, yeah. But, but it just goes to show you, though, that even though you're on maybe, you know, maybe people saw that as a clear cut path of being an educator, you know, in a school, you are an educator. Yeah. You know, you are. You're, you're educating in, in so many ways every day and being that person who makes a difference and has an impact um, through education just in a very different way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do you find sometimes your age uh, becomes a barrier? Like people are like, well, you're just young and it's easy for you because you've always had it. Like we, mm-hmm. I get that all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just young. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not that young. I'm not way not. Like, I'm not that young. Yeah. People still say because <laughs> it's all relative, right? Right. It's, it's all, all relative. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. yeah. I mean, it is really interesting because, you know, we have some, at least in my experience, like we have the some attorneys that are older, but they can do it perfectly fine by themselves. Like I don't need to touch them. They don't need anything. And then you have ones that are fresh out of law school or close to it and they need help. So yeah. I think it kind of depends um, sometimes who listened and stuff like that, I guess, when they were younger or who has kids. Um, or who will take quote. the risk. Yeah. Like sometimes yeah. I think that's that's one of the things, you know, when I teach uh, when I teach people how to teach coding, that, that's a big piece of, of what I teach in, in a tech class. And, you know, coding is about patterning, but it's about not being afraid to be wrong in your patterns. Mm-hmm. Like that's how we learn patterns, right? That's how we learn mm-hmm. matching games when we're a kid, right? We, we flip the things over and when they're a mistake, we flip them back over and we yeah. try again. But we're so afraid with technology to blow things up. And mm-hmm. it's, it's this idea that we can't take a risk. It's, mm-hmm. it's um, you know, that kind of a deal. And, and so when you provide someone that confidence to know that they can try it, and it's all okay, mm-hmm. yeah. right? You change things, things for sure. Yeah. Good, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating. And, and it's definitely not a specific to your organization or what you're doing. It's across the board, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's everywhere. And Absolutely. so people are a little bit nervous. Yeah. When we when we migrated um, our stuff from paper and pencil to using an online database, uh, I had people tell me that this was the worst idea. And I had people, I had women who had never touched a computer mm-hmm. before, which was so wow. crazy to me to think about. There were three of them we trained on how to do it who had never touched a computer oh, before. Yeah. And, the, and make the choice world, not to. I'm yeah. always surprised when people are like, oh no, I chosen to not do yeah. that and I'm like I, I have respect for people who don't need something in their life right. don't get me wrong yeah, yeah. but but like the I've chosen like it, it reminds me of like how how many people used to just decide not to drive you right. know and there's still people who do like like oh I just don't drive and I'm like oh oh okay yeah. I guess I just won't go to the grocery store okay yeah. all right sure you know kind of a deal um you know it is interesting how people become skeptical of the of the ability in technology um, I'm seeing this right now with um we're doing so many rehearsals digitally right now and I just started a production um, in, a, in an environment where most of the theaters around us have canceled their their 2020 seasons. We're continuing on because we feel like we have a lot of confidence in our technology use to be able to do the rehearsals. And they're going quite well, to mm-hmm. be honest. They, they really mm-hmm. are. And, and so, but there's a lot of skepticism from those who didn't take necessarily have the skill to take that risk. Right. And it is a risk. Like, yeah. I know that this is a risk to keep moving forward in something that, that may have to be altered in the way that it is or delayed in, in production. But that confidence in technology and the fear of the embarrassment that can come from not doing it correctly. Yeah. Um, so like Chelsea, do you have people um, right now who are like um, doing Zoom calls or, or whatever platform you're using and they're worried, they're, they're like paranoid that things are going to go wrong or bad or I mean, especially in law. I yeah. mean, I think you'd be terribly paranoid, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm still paranoid with stuff. You know, we go on and we <laughs> we yeah. go on to record a webinar or a podcast and I'm like, is this going to work? Is this going to like go yeah. on? Are we going to have all the attorneys be able to show up? Are we going to have all the participants be able to show up? Um, even doing like a happy hour with my friends via Zoom the other day, we kept getting booted out because we have the free program. So it was like every mm-hmm. 40 minutes we were like, okay. Oh, yeah. Gotta, like, like, <laughs> oh, Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they got uh, everybody addicted in, in education. This is my worry right now. Uh, they, yeah. they expanded it for everybody in, and who has an education address right uh, now. And yeah. now they're all addicted to it. And I keep trying to say the faculty ink will be this way. Yeah. Like, don't get too yeah. comfy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, it's crazy, but um, there are people that I think are like, you know, you have to lay out the steps with them because they're skeptical about even just like joining it, um, explaining how to use like a Zoom virtual background. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, it's, I mean, I don't know if either of you have done it, but it's super easy. Like it's three clicks and you're done. We're we're laughing, um, Chelsea, because we have this ridiculousness going on. So uh, Shyla may or may not have shared with you that through all of this, we we have a group of friends. There's about 15 to 20 of us, depending on the week. Depending on the week. And we get together every Thursday night because that was always the trivia night that we went out to in town. Mm -hmm. So that's why. And we're all on Zoom and we're playing virtual games. We're doing what else. And there's become quite this background sort of war going on. Or not war, but like, like, you know, Fun. So like we had tailored ones for Shilabration, which was Shyla's birthday, and we have ones for different <laughs> things. But then we also do this thing where if someone steps out of the frame, we take a screenshot. So for example, we all go and hang out in Shyla's kitchen or in Kevin's True. kitchen or something like that, and it's a, it's a blast. So um, you know that will be one of those things we will have always remembered yeah. from this experience. For posterity's sake, we have hung out in each other's kitchens. One of my favorite memories with you, Chelsea. There are lots of them. Um, but back a couple of years ago, we made a journey to Europe, right? Yeah, we did. That was a while ago. Wow. 
2013, I just pulled my passport out. And remember <laughs> the debacle of like not getting my passport and not knowing if we could go? It was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. It was bad. Way to go. It was <laughs> bad news experience. It was not my fault. It sat on someone's desk for a month and they literally <laughs> said, it's been sitting on my desk for a month and I just didn't do it. So that's cool. You're like, like thanks. Uh, but we, we traveled to uh, France and mm-hmm. to Switzerland. And that was your first time. Was that your first time in a plane? No, that wasn't your first time in a plane, was it? No, you'd been no, to Florida. I had, I'd been to Florida, the basic family travel trip. <laughs> yes. Harrisburg to Orlando. And back. From the, yeah. the cheap flights. Of, no, maybe Baltimore. I don't know. Where you, where Actually, we flew out of Philly, I believe. But yeah. 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 So we uh, had the opportunity to go. Uh, we were in Paris for a few days. And then we went to, uh, to see one of my very good friends, Judith. She was getting married. Um, so we spent well, a total of like nine days. And that's mm-hmm. when you were bit, right? You were yeah. bit by the travel bug. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. travel or Shyla is definitely one that got me stuck on traveling, <laughs> and I really haven't stopped since. <laughs> so, what did you fall in love with on that first trip that truly made it so that you you haven't stopped since? <laughs> I know what it was. It was the nine hundred thousand steps we took in Paris every day we were there. That's what it was. <laughs> I think shenanigans, but okay. I mean, we did walk like three quarters of the way down the Eiffel Tower the one day. So we did. Um, That's true. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I. I think the whole experience in general and being able to travel so young um, from our small town was a great experience. Um, at the time, not many people that I knew had traveled much further than going to the shore or going to Florida. Mm-hmm. So it was like a really cool experience being like, you got to go to this awesome place. You got on a plane, traveled eight hours, I think is how long the flight is, something like that. Um, and it was just from there. I mean, I always knew I wanted to visit the Eiffel Tower, which is why we went to France. Um, the Eiffel Tower was like a dream of mine. There's like 20 Eiffel Towers in my room currently. Um, and just seeing that, knew I knew from the start I wanted to go. And then when we were at Judith's wedding, we sat at a table um, and everyone there had actually studied abroad in America because they were all from Europe. And right. they all told me about their experiences about studying abroad. And I was just like, oh, that's something I want to do in college. It was way too late in my high school career. It wasn't something I could do. Um, but I knew I wanted to do it in college and get that same experience. But I think that just kind of built on it. Um, so I did get the opportunity to study abroad. I went to Rome my junior year in college. And mm-hmm. it's a great experience. I recommend traveling for <laughs> anybody. How do you feel about travel after? I mean, we're, we're all assuming there'll be a life after pandemic, right? We are. And so how do you feel travel may look? And how do you personally feel about travel traveling afterwards? Yeah. Um, I think it'll take a while to feel completely comfortable doing it. Um, I know, I mean, my friend and roommate, um, Emily, just got back from Texas three weeks ago and she traveled on a plane. Um, she had to fly from Texas to Atlanta and then Atlanta up to Philly. Um, and, you know, they had masks on, but she said the airports were very empty. So mm-hmm. I think we'll see gradually they'll fill up more. Um, I know Philly's had the problem with because no one's at the airport. They have to, they have home homeless encampments there and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll just be a bit till people are back in those places so that they're buzzing with people again. Um, But I don't know that people will be comfortable for a while, especially longer periods where you have to travel to, if you travel to Europe, you have to stay on a flight for six or seven hours. You're not spaced away from everyone. You fly East Coast to West Coast, you still have that same issue, but the world's gonna keep spinning eventually. So people are gonna have to go back to businesses and some of that business is required Mm -hmm. to fly to Europe or fly to China or fly 
anywhere in the world. Um, it's going to be really interesting mm-hmm. times. You know, um, I'm, I'm old enough to remember traveling before pre 9-11 and after mm-hmm. and, and the things that changed. And when I yeah. talked to my children, we were just talking about this last week as we're, we're trying to talk about the hopefulness of what comes after pandemic times. And as mm-hmm. we, st- as things are starting to reopen and, you know, y- you would walk someone, like if I was taking you guys to the airport, I could walk you all the way to your gate. Oh, yeah. I could stand at the yeah, window. Yeah. I could wave yeah. you off, you know, and yeah. how much that, uh, that has changed and how different of a thing that is and you know now we go Mm -hmm. through the security gate and we stop you know all of those pieces and so um I I like to think that there'll just be a new norm of something I think if I was smart though I would become a travel agent because I think in three years from now (laughs) three to five years from now I think we're all going to be like hell I'm I'm getting out of here like I am not we're all traveling Chelsea and I have already decided that we're going to take a reunion trip in 2023 oh are you that's our our hope yeah but oh my gosh when we went to Switzerland so we flew we flew into in and out of Dusseldorf to London Um, and if you've ever flown to Heathrow (laughs) this is one of my favorite stories about Chelsea so Chelsea decides at at a ripe old age of 15 she knows what I'm about to say um that she's going to pack her carry-on bag full of chocolate like I'm talking like 30 solid pounds of chocolate because like we couldn't just leave it like that's not a thing right so I had I had actually booked our flight through British Airways mm-hmm. and somewhere along the way it was it was a credit card issue I couldn't get it to process and you know we're talking about several years ago yeah. I couldn't mm-hmm. get it to process online so I call and uh, they set us up with flights we're good to go we get on the plane in Dusseldorf and I had an oh shit moment because I realized if you remember uh, 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 Chelsea that there was no way we were going to make our connecting flight based on how <laughs> yeah. they because they didn't account for the time change oh yeah you lose an yes, hour yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so I go up to the flight attendant and she's like why would you schedule your flight like this I'm like I didn't do <laughs> yeah, it British Airways did this so they were like okay we're gonna try to get another flight pattern if we can you should be fine mm-hmm. if we can't we'll just have someone at the gate well I wish they would have just put someone at the gate because <laughs> what was it two trams three escalators two huge flights of steps a uh another security check and we were the last people to board our plane all while carrying 30 30 pounds of chocolate (laughs) i hope that chocolate was good chelsea i hope it was good it was great yes but we made Uh, it it was all good yeah it was good yeah (laughs) barely just barely well and then you had your didn't you have your um e-reader in your bag i think that was that another was the, thing that was that part was of the problem because yeah she forgot to take her electronics out of her bag and so then they made her stop but we had to i'm like chelsea of all yeah. things <laughs> we don't have time for this right yeah it was funny but we made it it was good mm-hmm. it was it, good yeah. times yeah so what what's going to be your first trip i mean when you feel comfortable and when when the world is you know as you said it will keep turning and i and i love the optimism because you're right it will it mm-hmm. absolutely will and, and it'll keep going here and hopefully we are kind and supportive of each other through that what what are you thinking of is going to be your your first trip Oh, I had a couple trips on deck that I actually wanted to take this summer. So I don't know. Maybe I'll put those back in line. Um, we were going to be very, my friends and I were going to be very un-American and go to Canada for the 4th of July. Hey. Um, it's beautiful. Canada's uh, beautiful. That's amazing. We're going to go to Niagara Falls. I don't know if mm-hmm. that counts. but um, It does. So we obviously can't do that. Um, I mean, Philly, here in Philly, we're still in red for now. But um, mm-hmm. it's... 
and we were going to, I was going to try to go to Iceland in October um, because I want to go see the Northern Lights. I still really want to do that trip. So maybe I'll see if I can make that work. And mm-hmm. who knows, maybe by October we'll be okay to travel. That's There's the big thing. Like we yeah. really just don't know, so right? We really don't know. And, and yeah. that's the truth. Yeah. So how is all of this affecting um, the, the field of law? You know, how is this affecting uh, what the, the work that your firm is working on? Yeah. Um, so we do our lawyers all do defense work. Um, so we're representing the big companies, but, um, I think it affects them because there's a lot of employment issues and we Mm -hmm. do employment. So, you know, the PPP loans and all the different things that businesses are getting from that side of things, especially small businesses, um, and workers compensation is also a big one of our practices. And that's a huge thing. Um, Mm -hmm. whether you were laid off or furloughed and what that means, especially if you were already on workers comp and stuff like that, I don't have a law background and I have learned a lot throughout this whole thing. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. Yeah. (laughs) We Mm -hmm. issue alerts like update law updates and changes for our five or four states. Yeah. Our four states. Um, And I've had to read all the alerts. So like even just PPP stuff, I've learned so much stuff that I will (laughs) never have to know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it's It's, been a huge learning curve for everybody. Right. The attorneys mm -hmm. also have to kind of be in the know about that. It's it's been a lot. Yeah, it is. is. But it's I always I remember it's it's so fascinating when you find yourself entrenched in a new industry like that, you know, or something. And and I can hear the excitement in your voice, Chelsea. And and I I recall, you know, you've always been really inquisitive and really, you know, uh, ready to do. And and whether that was here in our small town or, or off in the big city, I think, you know, that's going to most definitely serve you well um, as things continue on. Yeah. So so you're Mm -hmm. doing big things in a big city from a small town, which Mm -hmm. is admirable. What's it like to come back and visit? Yeah. Uh, It's that's it's so strange, honestly. Um, I like to come back and visit just to visit like your favorite, my favorite spots and stuff like that. But it's I feel stuck sometimes being back there because here I hop on a subway or I hop on a bus and I'm somewhere within the city that I want to be within five, 10 minutes. But mm-hmm. back home, I have to get in the car. I have to drive. I have <laughs> to like park. Um, so it's just, it takes a while to adjust. Um, when I first graduated last year, I came back for about a month before I got a job mm-hmm. and it was a hard transition because I was so used to being like independent and being in the big city, doing what I want in the big city. And now I'm back there and have to, I mean, I was staying with my mom. I didn't have to necessarily abide. Like I listened to my mom, obviously, but sure. like, I didn't have like, I wasn't a teenager. I wasn't treated like a teenager. I was an adult, but it was so hard to just adjust to being in a house like that again and to be in a small town where you do have to drive, where you do have to run into people. But we ate a so lot of ice people. cream, but we ate a yeah. lot of ice cream. A lot we of ice cream, yeah. Ice cream is my thing. <laughs> the rainbow snow. Uh, at Mount Gretna, we went mm-hmm. up to the Jigger Shop. You guys were yeah. you you did like an ice cream shop a night. You were you, I, you did the I, grand tour. Yeah, I did. I had a list of like twenty ice cream places, and I ranked them to uh-huh. figure out what the best she ones did. were. She did. Yeah. She pictures. That's amazing. I love it. Stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Chelsea, you have been such a pleasure to know basically your entire life and my entire yeah. life of Palmyra. Because when we moved to Palmyra, you <laughs> were. You were there pretty much right after. Um, my husband taught you how to parallel park like a champ. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's still, that is such a useful skill, especially <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we didn't know at the time that it would become mm-hmm. such a useful thing, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so at the end of all of our interviews, we ask our interviewees three questions, and Jasmine represents the Coffee Beans uh, part of this relationship, so she has her first our first question. I do. So representing the Coffee Beans, my question is, what is your favorite coffee drink? 
Oh, that is a tough one. I'm a huge, huge, huge coffee drinker. Always have it. I depend on where I'm going. Um, here in the city, we have basically two choices, Starbucks or Saxby's. If I'm at Starbucks, I get a vanilla latte. Mm-hmm. If I'm at Saxby's, I'll get a mocha latte because they're better. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, now I want to go and try <laughs> yeah, it. I've never had a Saxby's uh, mocha oh, latte. We can do a cheesesteak tour. Yes. Then we can yeah. do a mocha tour. Coffee beans yeah. and booze on tour. I'm all about this. <laughs> I am Perfect. so about this. You know, when it's safe to travel <laughs> again for the love. Exactly. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I represent the booze part of this relationship. So we're interested to know what's your favorite cocktail slash drink slash booze. Uh, so... I have to say I really like hard ciders and sour beers Mm -hmm. are two of my favorite go-to things whenever we go out. But I also haven't tried a lot. Not quite old enough to have been around (laughs) to try so many (laughs) things. (laughs) Take your time. Pace yourself. You've got time, my friend. For sure. Yeah. So our last question, uh, I'm going to punt to Jasmine here, Mm -hmm. but it's a, it's a, it's kind of what we're, we're founded upon here. It is. And it's kind of my favorite question if I've, if I'm being honest. So Chelsea, what, how would you define your passion in life? What's, what's your passion? Mm, Huh. That's a hard one. Um, (laughs) I think (laughs) I, you know, I have a couple of passions. Um, I really do want to teach more, as we talked about earlier, um, just whether it is teaching people social media or actually going in and helping younger kids or middle kids and stuff like that. Um, kids are kind of the passion with teaching them, mm-hmm. but then also travel the world. Um, as we talked about, traveling is a huge thing of mine. I would love to visit as many places as possible before, um, p- before, I don't know when, but um, <laughs> settling down before, no, before, before like the yeah. end of your life, right? Like, before, yeah. <laughs> before, before whatever great thing comes next. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, teaching and uh, teaching and traveling are the big things, you know, along the way, doing other little things by helping others, baking and spreading spreading joys through baking. Um, I don't know, Jasmine, if Shyla's told you, but I bake all the time. Oh, <laughs> She's very good at it, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So she has I, a lot of really good I skills. I was going to yeah. say, that's yeah. amazing. And I'm, and I'm so excited and thrilled that, you, that you're that you using these small town uh, relationship building things to, to spread mm-hmm. that out in the world and to travel and to spread your wings and do it. So it has been an absolute delight to talk yeah. with you today, Chelsea. Thank I'm so you. glad. Yeah, I'm glad I got the firsthand um, update instead of the through the Shyla <laughs> yeah. update. So. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. I'm Shyla. And I'm Jasmine. And we're thriving in a small town. It's caffeinated Jasmine and drunk Shyla. It's time for coffee and booze. Clink.